Leonardo da Vinci did like a wardrobe change in between <laughs> being right. robbed. Not only a wardrobe change, but he went to like the salon and got his beard done. He conditioned it. He was like, I gotta do this real quick. Yeah. He looks fresh. Mm. And <laughs> fresh I <love> da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Spencer Williams. Elizabeth, what's good? Oh, you know, life. Staying warm? Staying warm. (laughs) I'm down to one day job. Life is good, Spencer. (laughs) Oh, nice. No wonder you're in a good mood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, What's the temperature like over there? 30, I believe. In the positives or the negatives? positive okay. it's, not, it's not minus three. oh it's 26 <laughs> oh, <uh-oh. laughs> yeah uh today it's like 72 in los angeles the birds are chirping you know i hate you in pasadena we have parrots so there's like tropical parrots flying around uh, that sounds so nice yeah except last night it was so windy i thought my house was gonna blow away uh yeah what is happening it's so santa Ana winds you know oh yeah and i'm allergic to everything so of course as soon as the wind kicked up i text you and i was like i don't think i'm gonna make it <laughs> you're like i do not feel good you're like i was like it must be bad if you took a COVID test yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you i mean everyone is getting COVID around me you know and just like i sneezed once and i was like oh like this is it i got up and took one of my tests and i was like oh okay it's just allergies that's a fair assumption yeah so if you're listening like stay safe everyone keep wearing your mask try to stay home as much as you can right now listen to our podcast if you must just you know be careful because yeah it's really going around right now so anyways (laughs) we are down a dark path (laughs) i know (laughs) gotta bring the energy back up um (laughs) we are still in the midst of our fantasy fairy tale romance month uh valentine's day is coming up happy valentine's day this comes out the day after oh mm, right 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 so that means i just turned 27 oh yeah happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh a future happy birthday uh yeah that means to just celebrate a birthday yeah well that's fun a birthday valentine's day the perfect birthday episode yeah ever after a cinderella story <laughs> yeah everybody this week we watch ever after a cinderella story to continue our fairy tale romance month spencer had you ever seen this before i just saw it for the first time this morning um you know it was okay i liked it <laughs> i i love this movie but it's also like childhood nostalgia for me my mom made her like her fancy dress for me one um Aww. for Halloween one year. So it's like all the nostalgic feels for me in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like heard of this movie and I know like my mom collects a lot of movies and DVDs and VHSs. I've definitely seen this like on VHS in my house at some point. I've just never actually put it in the whatever they called that contraption <laughs> the dvd player no well the vhs there's a dvd player and there's oh, the box the vcr right there you go yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah oh my gosh we, we sound like 
<laughs> we sound like Gen Zers when we are definitely <laughs> millennials. <not>. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a long time. Um, yes, yeah, so I've never seen a movie. I liked it. It was good. I'm just not like a big, you know, romance fan, but I liked it. Um, I definitely think that Prince Harry had a lot of red flags and Prince Henry. Is that what I, what did I say? Harry. I think he is Harry. Is it not? His name's Henry. Oh man. I'm already messing it up. <laughs> Prince, Henry, <laughs> Prince Henry had a lot of red flags, but Prince Henry had a lot of red flags that, yeah, but you know what? Let's, let's get into it. Give us your summary. All right, ever after a Cinderella story, Danielle de Barbarac lives a seemingly wonderful life until the world's favorite stepmother, Angelica Houston, comes to town. (laughs) (laughs) The Baroness Rodmilla de Gant comes to town. Shortly after, Danielle's father marries a Baroness, and coincidentally, he passes away about 10 minutes later, so that was really sad. Ten years later, we watch as Danielle becomes a servant to the Baroness. Uh, One day, Prince... So is it Harry or Henry? Henry. (laughs) Oh, man. One day, Prince Henry runs into Danielle, beginning a Cinderella story we all know and love. That was cute. That was very cute. And (laughs) if in the past 20 years you haven't seen this movie, too bad. We're spoiling it. Yeah. Well, that was a spoiler warning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Let's do it. Let's get behind the wardrobe, Elizabeth. So let's go behind the wardrobe. This was brought to us by director Andy Tennant and one of our favorite costume designers here at the Art of Costume Blogcast, Jenny Bevan. Jenny Bevan, you're back. What's going on? Oh, what just happened? I almost knocked over a photo. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Throwing my hands around in celebration for Jenny Bevan. <laughs> One of our favorites. You know her from Room with a View, for which she won her first Oscar, Godsford Park, Alexander Sherlock Holmes, its sequel, Game of Shadows, The King's Speech, Mad Max Fury Road, for which she got her second Oscar, The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, and Cruella. Oh, Corella, our very first episode of that Art of Costume Blackcast was with Corella and Jenny Bevan. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> it really was. And unlike Cruella, Jenny Bevan has done like zero interviews about this film. <laughs> Seriously, I that is where my behind the wardrobe facts end. There are so little. I had to keep them all in the episode. Because, I mean, this movie is over about 20 years old at this point. Um, oh, yeah. Over 20 years old. It came out in 1998. So back then, people like really weren't interested in costume the way we are now. They really weren't interested in film the way we are now, where I feel like there's a niche for like every department. So like creators of films are interviewed a lot more. And back then, unless you were like the director or the actor, you simply weren't. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of the beauty of this podcast, too, and why we do it, you know, to shine light on the incredible costume design through the ages. So I'm excited to get into Ever After and talk about all these crazy costumes because the costumes were really good in this film. So I'm ready to talk about them. Oh, yeah. This is a costume flick, if nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, take a journey back in time, I guess. 
Yes, we are, Spencer. Yes, we are. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Spencer, are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, ever after, our movie starts not with our hero, Cinderella, but with one of her great, 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 great granddaughters who has called the Brothers Grimm to her palace so she can put them right as to the story of Cinderella. She starts the story by saying, once upon a time, and we get into the story of young Danielle, who is excited at the prospect of getting a new stepmother and stepsisters, but is quickly heartbroken when her father dies, leaving her the ward of her stepmother, the Baroness, who is more concerned with the upbringing of her two young daughters. I love the kids in this movie. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> Elizabeth's a fan of like any kid we see in any film we watch. <laughs> no, because I don't know. Because a lot of movies just like don't feature children. Right. Like unless like it revolves around the child. It's like or it's a kid's movie. Like we're not getting a lot of children in film because they're hard to work with. <laughs> yeah, no, th- these child actors are really cute. I loved how Danielle runs up and still is like covered in mud, though. I was like, oh, no, this is already not going well. <laughs> I know. It's so cute. And I love it starts from like clearly while like Danielle and her father, they aren't aristocrats. They're clearly extremely wealthy. She has that beautiful dress with like the velvet bust and just the brocade dress and then we have her little friend i just forgot his name gustav (laughs) (laughs) clearly just the child of one of the servants and his like rough and tumble they did a good job uh casting that little gustav though because he looks like older gustav yeah he really does that was good and what I also like seeing all of the characters um, we're going to get to know later on. So we have Maurice played by Walter Sparrow. And anyway, we have Maurice and the two household maids that are basically raising Danielle. And I love you can tell their father like pays them well, takes care of them. Like, no, they don't look fancy, but it's like their clothes are all clearly fairly new, well, you know, cleaned and cared for. Yeah, they you could tell they love their jobs, which is cool. Yeah. And we have Daniel's father, who is clearly very fat, trying to be very fancy. I like his hat with the little, like, the side flaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's such like a recurring theme in this film, but I'm so into the medieval hats here. It's so good. Yes. Uh, But then we are introduced to the Baroness, played by our favorite, the beautiful Angelic, Angelica Houston. I did not know she was in this film. (laughs) I didn't look anything up. I just turned it on. 
And I was like, okay, here comes the stepmother. And she steps out and I about passed out. I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> it's our Lord and Savior, Angelica Houston. <laughs> she just looks so I good. Knew, I knew you would be excited if you didn't already know she was in it. I was suddenly thrilled. I was like, oh, okay. Like, we're going to be okay. Yes. <laughs> She's the perfect person to play the evil stepmother. I mean, it's written for her. She is. She really is. And I just love this, how you first see her. Cause it's like, you know, she's a baroness. Clearly she like comes from some money. So she has like the, like rich velvets on like the very gathered chemise underneath with the, the necklace and the headdress. But I love how it's like this pearly gray color. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, I bet her husband didn't die that long ago. <laughs> so pr- I'm not joking. So she's probably like, Oh, I'm still like kind of in mourning, but then I just married this other dude. So <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man. And this is a film sponsored by velvet. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much good velvet in this film and I'm a sucker for velvet. I know. Like, just looking at um, Jacqueline's dress, that green head-to-toe velvet dress she has on, that just, like, full, fully green velvet gown, beautiful. And then also Marguerite with the velvet and the brocade and the bright red. And you'll notice throughout the rest of the film, those are, like, Jacqueline and Marguerite's colors, yeah, they're really good at like doing the two different color schemes. It helped me remember who each one was, honestly. <laughs> well, they are trying to be a big happy family. And the dad's like, oh, I hope y'all get along. Because he's just like, just off. Like, oh. He's like, I'm off to go somewhere. And even Danielle's like, well, can you make it one week? She, he was like, three, two, one. You literally just <laughs> left these people here and are leaving? Like... <laughs> I'd have been so mad. Uh, father's back in the medieval days, you know. Just always abandoning their children, and karma gets him because he has a heart attack. Like, <laughs> right <away>. Jesus, <laughs> he had it coming. <laughs> he rolls over and chokes within five minutes of leaving. No, it's very sad. He has a heart attack. It's sad. From that moment on, the. Baroness is just pissed at Danielle. <laughs> right. But I was like confused because for a minute I was like, oh, does the Baroness like actually love him? She looks sad, but then she didn't care. I was really kind of, I'm still at this moment torn. I'm like, did she care for him or did she not? Because she's a great actress. Yes. I think the Baroness did care for the dad a little bit. I think she probably married him out of convenience. Because back in those days, since she didn't have a son with her other husband, she probably, like, did not inherit any of her husband's money. So she kind of had to, like, get married. (laughs) And he's clearly wealthy. I feel like he's probably a merchant of some sort. Um, So she probably was just like, I'm going to jump on that (laughs) and save me and my daughters. But from here, we fast forward 10 years later. Danielle is a servant for her stepmother and sisters. When a chance encounter with Prince Henry, who is trying to escape his duty, leaves her with enough money to save her friend Maurice from slavery. Oh, man. This is dark. This is a dark Cinderella story, by the way. Well, 
It's like Renaissance France. Dark times. <laughs> dark times. Also, maybe you should try sleeping next to your fireplace. It'll keep you warmer at night. We don't use our fireplace like that. It's not that sort of fireplace. This is what I have an electric blanket for, so I don't have to be sleeping in a fireplace. Cinderella Elizabeth. Yeah. Reading Utopia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love I love how her father brings her that book. And he's like, it might be a bit dense for an eight-year-old, but here, have it anyway. And it's like, yeah, that is too dense for a 10-year-old, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> but we get Danielle, her look for basically most of the film, unless she's like running into Prince Harry or Henry. Now you have me saying it. <laughs> unless she's running into Prince Henry. She has this, like, very basic, like, teal um, Renaissance-style dress with the white chemise and apron. And I believe it's uh, the Costume House cost prop in the UA, or UA, in the UK, I believe is what it's called, uh, owns the costumes from this. And they also, if you go on the Wayback Machine, you can also see some of... Jenny Bevan's original inspiration boards. So here we have just like, it's kind of like basic, like medieval paintings of like a woman with her hair unbound, the detached sleeves, a very similar bodice, and then some just attached um, fabric samples with the brocade and the linen um, we see on Danielle. It's beautiful. I'm obsessed with like the Renaissance style, like puffed sleeve. It looks so cool. It looks so beautiful. And on Drew Barrymore, it just like it really suits her right. somehow. I'm like, Drew Barrymore, do another like period piece like this. Right. Actually, this is our first time having like a Drew Barrymore film and she kills it in this role. She does kill this role. And she talks about it sometimes that this was her favorite role and the role she learned the most from because as we all know, she was the child star of movie stars. Right. And she was like, you know, I had a difficult time growing up. And, you know, when she got back into acting, she like made herself like the bad girl kind of because she's like, oh, people see me as a kid. I need them to not see me as a kid. So she did the, you know, play all the sexy roles <laughs> um, that a child actor does. And then she was like, oh, crap, I'm going to like be typecast. And that's when she came across Ever After. And she's like, this really, like, got her career going in the direction she wanted it to. She loved the message it sent. And it's just, it remains one of her favorite roles. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she did amazing in it. She really does. Also amazing are her stepsisters. Um, I, like cannot get over Jacqueline played by uh, Milani Linsky and Marguerite played by Megan Dodds. They are hilarious in this. They're hilarious and they're really good at at these characters. Yeah. And I was happy that one of them wasn't like as evil as I thought, you know, I could kind of tell like, Oh, one of them is definitely worse than the other. (laughs) Yeah. Jacqueline's very sweet. Um, and sh- again, she has those, those wonderful Renaissance, like layered puff sleeves, mm-hmm. which I'm like, Ooh, yes. And like that, like really beautiful, like greenish brocade. And then Marguerite, she's just like, I, 
I'm just the most beautiful person in the room with her, like, it's like almost like a, an orangey color dress. And of course, the Baroness, Angelica Houston, just rocking the black. Oh, just sitting at the head of the table, just looking as beautiful as ever. I'm just obsessed with her. I know. And we get to see the maids who have raised Danielle again, and they are looking rough compared to when we last saw them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're definitely not getting paid as much as they used to, if at all. If at all. I kind of feel like they might be indentured servants or serfs, technically, and that's why she was able to sell Maurice. <laughs> um <laughs> but they're clearly not as well taken care of as they were under Danielle's father. But we got to take a quick little detour because Prince Henry hates being a prince and decided to escape. And his parents find this out because the king just decided to march into his room in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, I love seeing them in their bedwear because it's like the king and queen. It's just like opulent and like and i'm just like yes it's opulent but it's huge okay the queen's robe is basically a comforter i mean it's huge this thing could go over my bed and keep me warm for the rest of my life it's ginormous it's insane it's hilarious (laughs) and like same goes for the king like i feel like if you like actually pulled it together it would probably look just as comforter like as the queen (laughs) (laughs) but the prince like does not get very far because while running away he not only runs into danielle who (laughs) throws apples at him before for stealing her father's horse but he also runs into leonardo da vinci being robbed and agrees to chase down the robber who has stolen one of his paintings. <laughs> it's so funny when I was watching this and they ran into him. I was like, oh my gosh, that guy looks like Leonardo da Vinci. Isn't that funny? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's actually Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. <laughs> it is Leonardo da Vinci. And I love his like his skull cap with just like kind of, i'm like this isn't exactly travel wear but okay <laughs> right it worked <laughs> he's just like like you said brought to you by velvet just like a huge <laughs> velvet coat and then very like simple clothes underneath i'm like do you have money or do you not <laughs> the velvet oh such good velvet i'm obsessed with it i love they do a very good job of mixing velvet and brocade in this mm-hmm. chef's kiss <laughs> but now that danielle has the money to save maurice she's like okay i gotta dress up like a courier and go save maurice and the baroness is like we gotta get a brooch to bring attention to marguerite's cleavage (laughs) it worked (laughs) it worked this scene is hilarious first off the merchant i'm just like where is this hat from? Like, uh, I need a medieval hat, a Renaissance hat. Like, I need, I need this. Like, they really pull out all the best of the Renaissance era. They do in this it's movie. So good. I want it. I need it. We all want it and need it. Also, Angelica Houston is looking good in her like going out wear. I love this little cape she has on. It's so good. I mean, I'm trying not to just talk about 
Angelica Houston for the remainder of this podcast because she's clearly my favorite. Um, <laughs> but this costume she greets the merchant with, it's so good too. I'm obsessed with it. I love black on her. I love the darker colors. And I love, I don't, what do you call this like head wrap hat thing? It's it's a it's a headpiece. I forget the name of it, but um, with the veil off the back of it, it totally works for her. She should do that today. She should. We should bring <laughs> veils back. Uh. We should. No, we should. Mm. <laughs> Remember when we watched Dune? Like that is what oh, we should be yeah. doing. A veil. Hmm. Got to think about how I can make this work in my day to day. Anyway. I love this little scene with Gustav and Danielle where she's like taking the dress he's painting and dressing up as a courtier. And I'm just like her and Gustav just have like the cutest little relationship. <laughs> yeah, they're cute. This messy guy that comes over. Um, but I love the her. The messy like, guy that comes over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at his haircut. He has like. He's a painter. He's an artist. Right. He's poor. He doesn't have enough money for a good haircut, Spencer. <laughs> he's that he's that painter guy with the messy haircut from Silver Lake, we all know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love Danielle's like servanty garbs she has on. I just I like the blue theme that she kind of carries throughout all of it. It's like a subtle nod to like the Cinderella colors we know, but it's subtle. It's very subtle. Um, I also love in this scene, you can see like the different layers she has on. Gustav, I feel like he just has like a, a like blown up version of what he has as a kid. That's like slightly nicer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I love her, her board for Gustav. Cause it's just like <laughs> the little kid on the ground. Right. <laughs> it's the messy kid. <laughs> it's the messy kid. Uh, but uh, the prince, he was caught by the royal guard and is like, oh, well, I guess I gotta go return this horse. So the baroness takes this opportunity to introduce her daughters to him. Oh, man. Wait, isn't this the same costume from earlier, though? I don't think so. I think she might wear this later on, but it's definitely a different headpiece. <laughs> right. I mean, this black and gold. Oh, shoot. That's that's a good one. It's just... The textiles on the hat and the the sleeves, but then like the multiple layered sleeve that's going down. It's oh man. Yeah. With the gauntlets, it's beautiful. It's just because it's again, it's like the velvet, the velvet, and then it has this like lame-ish. It's probably more of a brocade, but it almost looks like lame like under sleeve coming out and like puffing. And I'm like, ooh. It's so good. <laughs> it's so, so good. I hate it. It's so good. <laughs> and Marguerite definitely found a brooch to uh, draw some attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacqueline was like, I'm going to stick a feather in my my top. And I was like, mm. <laughs> And I, lo- I love how you can tell that, like, Marguerite is the favorite daughter. Because, like, okay, she had something different on at breakfast than when they were going to the market. And then this is an entirely different dress where it's like Jacqueline has clearly just been wearing the same thing all day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Her sleeves are huge. They're huge. <laughs> Billowing. Billowing. The whole thing's made out of this like brocade. But Danielle, she's like, all right, we we gotta go. We gotta go get Maurice. She's looking beautiful. And she is able to secure Maurice's release. 
after having a philosophical debate with Prince Henry, who somehow does not recognize her. And <laughs> I have that question too. <laughs> she doesn't recognize him. And he's like, ooh, who is this like hot girl who likes to tell me I'm wrong about things? And she gives him her mother's name, Nicole Delancre. Ugh, if you don't love me at my apple throwing, you don't deserve me at my green velvety dress. I'm just saying she looked barely different. I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> this dude, Prince Henry, get it together. <laughs> I know that's part of the whole like class discussion in this movie. It's like he didn't recognize her because he didn't even look at her <laughs> right. when she was throwing apples <laughs> at his head. <laughs> oh, man. Red flag. Red flag number one. <laughs> Actually, red flag number two, because stealing a horse is red flag number one. He totally could have gotten a horse before leaving the castle. Let's be real. Right. Come on, man. But she wears this, it's beautiful gold with the green velvet sleeve. It's very simple, but it definitely makes her look like a courtier uh, when she pairs it with the gold and pearl snood over her hair. Like, it's like she upgraded herself in like two minutes. Oh, yeah. That was quick. She would pull this right together. I was like, how does she do that? Um, I'm just going to comment on the velvet sleeves again. Just velvet on velvet on velvet. I love it. It's great. Like the velvet, the brocade, like you hardly see unless it's for like the the like shifts. You hardly see like a regular piece of fabric in this movie. It's all brocade and satin. And then even the prints, it's like I feel like the first outfit we see him in is like almost like leathery. Right. It is. It's very, it's just tan and simple, but I'm like with the crest and like the purple (laughs) velvet cape, how did like you expect to get very far? (laughs) I love the thing across the prints. It almost looks like a bib. It comes up multiple times in this film. And I'm like, is he wearing a bib? Right. Um, For those listening at home i'm referring to a literally a bib that you use to protect your shirt when you're eating (laughs) it does look like a bib um and i'm like in comparison to his his guard buddy i'm like he kind of looks like kind of (laughs) dumpy like right he does his guard buddy he literally looks like a french painting like i i'm obsessed with it he does and it's like oh my gosh you're even putting like it looks like the guards are wearing velvet too. I'm like, they are <laughs> fancy. Oh man, with just like the slashed sleeves. Can you imagine when Jenny Bevan showed up to these fabric stores? She was like, "Hi, I'll take three hundred yards of all of your velvet. Actually, I'll just take all your velvet. Give me all your velvet." And they were like, <laughs> "They're like, okay, <laughs> all right, all of it. Get it now." <laughs> Take it off the shelf. I need it. <laughs> Somehow, Leonardo da Vinci did like a wardrobe change in between <laughs> being right. robbed. Not only a wardrobe change, but he went to like the salon and got his beard done. Uh, right? <laughs> and he got himself like a nice new little hat. And like his, like his, 
he, that's clearly the same like coat he was wearing before, but like his like shirt and stuff, it has this great little woven pattern to it. It looks very nice. <laughs> it looks really nice. I was like, ooh, look at his beard. He just got a nice shower too. He conditioned it. He was like, I gotta do this real quick. Yeah. He looks fresh. Mm. And <laughs> fresh <I> love, Da Vinci. <laughs> I love how he's the first, he's the only one to notice her shoes don't fit. <laughs> and I, I'm like, Da Vinci knew from the beginning that she was not a noble woman. He knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> but back again, just like the detail Jenny Bevan shows in this movie. And I feel like the mark of a truly good costume designer is how well they dress their background because it's like not only do you have a good vision but you have really good management skills because that's usually you know assigned to like their assistant or like one of the other people on set to dress the background and they just approve it but it's like she has great management skills and because these background extras and the featured extras like this this older woman gets featured a lot. They look incredible. And yeah, I mean, it's amazing. But was she nominated for an Oscar for this one? No. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, it, it's, you know, talking about Jenny Bevan, she did the same thing in Corella. Like even like we were talking about all the extras in that film and like the punk revolution, it felt so real. She did the same exact thing back then with ever after every single costume is gorgeous. If you look around in the background, must've been, so many costumes i i can't even imagine so it's so impressive yeah and she's even dressing them in velvet i'm like okay jenny bevan (laughs) the velvet but well danielle is off with maurice the king the prince and the queen have an argument the baroness is like super mad that danielle didn't tell her about the prince stealing their horse but this doesn't matter because Henry's like, I got to find out who this Nicole woman is because <laughs> I think I love her. And the king's like, well, you're supposed to marry the Princess Infanta of Spain. But I, I guess we can have a mass ball for Leonardo da Vinci. And if you can find someone else to marry before that, you can marry them. Yeah. So chop, chop. Chop, chop, Henry. The, the royal costumes are incredible on a king and queen, though. They are incredible, and they have a very specific theme with the red and the gold. It's like, ooh, you want everyone to know your royalty. <laughs> I also love that they can't stand each other, too. They're like, ugh, this is the worst. <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> I love Henry. He's like, arranged marriage never made anybody in this room very happy. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you just called your Yikes. parents out. <laughs> the trauma. <laughs> He's like, you hate each other? I hate you? This whole situation sucks? Oh, man. Yeah, but the king and queen, they look great. I love the king's doublet with that gold embroidery. I'm like, this is kind of like their main costumes throughout the film. They don't get like a ton of changes. But that's like a very like little attention to detail that really just like ups the status of his character in a really good way. Right. I love the jewelry. It's They look so expensive. They do look so expensive. And the queen is just like blinged out head to toe in every single scene. I love it. <laughs> As she deserves because she's a queen, literally. She does deserve it. And she's the only one who's like, can everyone just calm down? Yeah. <laughs> and 
her and Henry, they're like having a discussion. She's like, Contessa Nicole. She's like, I don't know who that is. But uh, we see Henry's kind of like main costume for the rest of the film, which is this beautiful black, um, I guess like a doublet with white, white pants, white undershirt and like these tannish boots, which I'm like, this is like very like he's clearly like I'm the cool prince. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> the prince is like. He has, like, stages. He either looks, like, really dumpy or he looks nice. (laughs) And I feel like right now he's in between. I like the black top. Pants aren't really doing it for me. I don't know. But, like, the prince, he's just, he's confused right now. He doesn't know what to do with his life. And I just feel like he threw this on. Yeah. But I do love when we get to see Danielle harvesting honey with these great old-fashioned beekeeping suits. This part stressed me out because they're wearing they're wearing the beekeeping hat, right? They take care of the bees. Then they lift the hat up and basically take it off. But the bees are still there. I mean, they're still swarming around. Yeah, but like if because the hive's not actively open anymore. So if they're just like walking through calmly, the bees aren't going to bother them. That's what they think. I never trust a bee. <laughs> Do you think the bees are just seeking revenge on all of us? That's exactly what I think every time I see a bee. (laughs) Well, the Baroness very quickly receives news of the potentially canceled engagement with Spain and the ball. And she is like, all right, ladies, especially Marguerite, you got to look good. You hate all your dresses. I'm going to show you. Danielle's dowry, which is this beautiful, beautiful gown. Right. How dare they? I was I was so mad at this moment. Like, put that shit down. That does not belong to you. I know. It's so beautiful, though. I was like, ooh, I know where that dress is going to be used. Like, just knowing Cinderella, you're like, oh, okay, so that's the dress for later. Oh. We'll save it. I know. And they are so mean to Jacqueline. I'm just like... Why you gotta be mean? Like, she looks so cute in this little green number, and they're just like, no. Yeah, they're mean, but I do like this scene, though, because we see, like, the different color schemes in each of them, so I also feel like this is also, like, a callback to, like, the Cinderella story we all know, where, like, one one character is one color, they all have, like, their own color. Yes, definitely. But, of course, Danielle interrupts them because it's like, she's around the house. What were you thinking? And the queen's (laughs) like, oh, if you get all your chores done, you can totally come with us. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That was never going to happen. No. But Danielle's like, okay, cool. Let me go, like, hunt for some truffles and go for a swim. And she runs into the prince and Leonardo da Vinci for a third time while swimming in the lake. Oh my gosh, it feels like fate. <laughs> also, I'm obsessed with Da Vinci's water walking shoes. I mean, I'm into it. it. He looks like he had a good thing going. I was like thinking about this last night. And I was like, I wonder if he really like made boat shoes. Because like that man, he developed so many like wacky things in his life. And he did. They were, it would have been, it was like shoes with like little like ski ski sticks <laughs> and that's like what he was imagining like boat shoes and ski sticks to get us walking on water that's a great idea i'm i'm behind it 
But I like we get to see the prince's purple cape here. And I'm like, you really tried to run away in that. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, yeah, I love the purple, too. It's funny that, you know, purple is like the color of royalty. Yet we don't see it a lot in this film. Uh, but I did love this purple robe. I feel like that's what I would wear if I were royalty in this crazy fairy tale. Yeah, I find it funny. Like, maybe maybe it was different back then. But I believe the, like, royal French color was blue. That makes sense. Um, And England was red and gold. But... I, I don't know, because this <laughs> this movie does what a lot of movie, movies and shows do, where all, like, the French people have English accents. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, I feel like maybe there wasn't the strictest attention to historical accuracy or geographical accuracy. <laughs> I mean, even still, like, the film I just saw, The Last Duel, you know, the new um, Ridley Scott one, they're all French. That's- and that takes place in France, right? Right. And it's all English accents. I mean, it's hardly even English accents. It's Adam Driver. So I dare to say there is barely an accent there. Because <laughs> he's Adam Driver. He doesn't need to do much else. Right. <laughs> but the prince, after once again not recognizing who she is. Come on. It's like, okay, I got to go play a tennis match. And who shows up but Marguerite looking fine. <laughs> Marguerite does look fine. This is one of my favorite costumes of the entire film. Like that raspberry velvet that just sparkles and shines so nicely. I, for a second, I was like, ooh, I think this might be my favorite costume of the film. It's so good. You are right. This is beautiful. And it's very opulent, clearly, to show, like, ooh, look, see, we have money. Like, pay attention to us. Because I'm like, without the money, I don't see how, like, a prince is ever going to marry Marguerite. Like, that just didn't happen back (laughs) then. Even just aristocrats for no reason. Like, right. I loved all the like extras though in the tennis scene because literally there's a part where all of the girls like are in order, almost like in rainbow colored dresses. It's almost like there's just this rainbow of opportunities uh, for the prince. For him, this I also love this because first off, I love seeing old timey sportswear because it doesn't make any sense. It's not like functional for sports in any way. No, nope. but. It's what they wore. And I love how he has this just like all like white and cream tennis ensemble. <laughs> and I'm just like, is that really practical, sir? <laughs> it looks like what the marquee's wearing is a little more practical. He looks like he's wearing something like Harry Styles would wear today, like to play tennis. The marquee? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I also love when Prince Henry falls into the to the audience and they put like stuff his shirt with like their handkerchiefs as favors. And I'm like, I know <laughs> he's not tracking down any of you. What are you thinking? Yeah, this is just messy. <laughs> it's just messy and through my research online scouring many a website i found this beautiful portrait that i'm like that was definitely the inspiration for her dress oh yeah that's so cool jenny bevan was definitely looking at like a lot of old 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 portraits i mean this to the point from this old portrait that red of raspberry velvet oh it's so beautiful such a great dress so beautiful not so beautiful is the unwelcome guest that Danielle is forced to receive 
It is uh, Pierre Le Pew, played by Richard O'Brien. This guy sucks. <laughs> He's the worst. He is like so creepy, weirdly sexual with her. And I'm like... <laughs> Sir, yeah. sir, this is not appropriate. I love when he's like, yeah, I'm old enough to be your dad. Yeah. Still want to marry you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm. I knew he was evil when I saw the earring. I was like, oh, man, that's like a piratey earring. Don't trust this guy. I know. This is gross. Like, he kind of, they styled him kind of like a skunk. Like, <laughs> so gross. But it's so funny because he's Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh my gosh, he is. I didn't even... Isn't that wild? That's crazy. I mean, he might as well look like his character from Riff Raff because that's all I saw was like this evil little lurking guy coming out of the shadows. So nice. Good connection, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have Danielle with the other servants there and... I love how they, like, kind of upgraded their wardrobe a little bit because they're like, oh, we're going into town. We should probably look a little nicer. Yeah, they didn't want to look too poor. (laughs) But Danielle has to, like, run away, throw a chicken and run away because the (laughs) prince decided to go on a little walkie walk through the market with a marguerite. (laughs) (laughs) Not the chicken. (laughs) I love, like, how does he not put two and two together in this movie? I don't know. The prince, red flag. Red flag. Kind of not smart. He's not. He's really not. (laughs) Everyone listening right now who's like obsessed with the prince, they're like, man, (laughs) red flags, people. Red flags. I mean, he's got his looks at least. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's he's a prince. Does he really need much else? (laughs) I do like I wish you could see the Baroness's dress more in this because this is like the only color she wears in the entire movie. Is this this like burnt gold um, velvet dress with the beautiful veil? Yeah, I love the veil on her. I love that this one's a little bit more transparent so you could see her hair. And it's just such a good shape on Angelica Houston. She just, she knows her angles. Just the costumes just fit her so well. Later that night, the Baroness is rocking some beautiful nightwear and like kind of tries to have a heartfelt conversation with danielle a little bit (laughs) kind of i started to fall for it i was like see i knew that she's a good person i wanted to believe it and then i was like "Mm, i don't know but then i kind of feel like the baroness feel i feel like she feels like she actually had like a good heartfelt conversation (laughs) like i feel like the baroness walked away from it and she's like wow that was so sweet of you (laughs) i felt like for a second she imagined the life they would have had if her father hadn't died, like she probably would have gotten to like care about Danielle and, you know, have maybe like have some sort of relationship with her if money wasn't such an issue. So I think she's kind of like, like sucks that your dad died. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say that I would pay any amount of money to brush Angelica Houston's hair though? That's, Oh, that's okay. I mean, come on. You were thinking it. I wasn't, but <laughs> she does have good hair, so it would be nice to know what that's like. Oh, uh, th- th- just me, I guess. There's no way. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast agrees with me. They're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I-, I love her her chemise for, for bed because it's just it's so voluminous 
And then she has a good, a good, um, robe, brocade robe with a fur trim. And I'm just like, how are you affording this? <laughs> like, she clearly only cares about herself when Danielle is wearing the same shabby dress day in and day out. Oh my gosh. Her sleeves, though, they're so tight. I can't imagine wearing something like that to bed. Ah. Well, I mean, how else was she going to keep them up? They would have, like, flown all around and her arms would have gotten cold. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but let's take a little, let's take a little nappy nap ourselves, go on a little break and come back for the rest of this amazing film. I'm going to go brush my hair. Get that out of my system. Okay. I, yeah, I think that's a good idea for you, Spencer. <laughs> we'll be right back. to get into the rest of this movie let's do it i want to go to a ball you want to go to a ball a ball's coming up (laughs) but first off prince henry kind of surprises danielle at her house and is like hey you want to go on a date (laughs) (laughs) is that how it works these days (laughs) apparently he's like i'm going to a monastery that's that's a hot hot location for a steamy date (laughs) she's like prince she's like a library sure (laughs) i'm like you weren't gonna go out with him till he said library but she's wearing one of her sister's dresses and it's funny because it's the one the baroness held up when they were looking for something for marguerite to wear to the ball and the baroness was like blue is henry's favorite and it's like ooh, now she's wearing his favorite color oh i didn't even notice that all of a sudden, Danielle just has the nerve. She's like, do you know what? I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. But the Baroness and her stepsisters are at church. And we get to see a character a little better that we saw once before. It is the Royal Page, played by Toby Jones. Oh, Toby Jones. Not this guy. <laughs> Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, no, the evil guy's back. <laughs> I love his character. And he is being bribed by the Baroness to kind of get them information and an in with the palace. And he's like, oh, I have an in for you. <laughs> Give this to the queen. She'll think it fell off her and you can go to tea with her tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, nice. That was a good one. Did you know Toby Jones is the voice actor for Dobby, the house elf? You're joking. Yeah. Well, (gasps) I'm not joking. I love him. Oh, that (laughs) makes him like a thousand times better. I forgive him for being Dr. Zola. Evil. Evil. I forgive him for all his evil roles for simply being Dobby. I don't. I don't trust this guy. Oh. Just like Timothy Spall. (laughs) No trust. No trust at all. But I love the guards' outfits because they're just, like, kind of silly. And I'm like, yeah, France would just kind of have, like, silly royal guard and page outfits. Yeah, it makes sense. It's it's believable. It just it looks ridiculous on him, and I love it. Excuse me. It is so great. But he does what Angelica Houston asks, and they have secured tea with the queen the next day. But, um... Danielle and the prince are not having quite as good a time. 
they get lost on their way back and are attacked by robbers until Danielle makes them laugh. So they all go party together. (laughs) It was so funny. She's straight like he said, you could walk away with anything you could carry. So she picked up the prince and I was like, yeah, I love it. This movie has a couple really good like comedic moments that are just like perfect. Oh, yeah. So good. That is one of them. I loved all the costumes in this scene. Um, the robbers, so believable. She, They did a great job costuming the robbers. Yeah, because it's like, it's leathery, it's woodsy, everything. They really took like the time to distress everything and make it just feel like, yeah, we've just been like roaming around the woods, like <laughs> just looking for people to steal stuff from. But then they're so much fun. Yeah, that was a good time. It made me want to party. I'm like, ooh, I want to party with some robbers and burglars. Right? Just (laughs) out in the woods. It looks like they're in a cave having a good old time. (laughs) But I also like this scene because you get to see, like, Danielle's, like, chemise and, like, kind of, like, the, um, it's almost like a half corset she has underneath her dress. And I'm like, that. I, I, I just like it because it's like you don't get to see that very often. I also love how she never brings back her sister's dress clearly because they do not come back in their own clothes. No, I was so confused by that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, the prince has one of the robbers like jerkins on. She has something on from the robbers. Like it looks cute on her. I will say that's like a very good look <laughs> with the belt. Right. <laughs> the like leathery jacket and the belt. Good luck. But I'm also like. They clearly had a good time. They clearly had a good time. They fell in love in that in that cave. Aww. But the Baroness is like super mad that she stayed out all night and is like, well, you can't go f- to the ball. And she decides to also whip Danielle for punching Marguerite after they were like, yeah, we're stealing your dowry. What are you going to do about it? punch marguerite is what she's gonna do about it <laughs> she had it coming i i was very pleased about at this part yeah she totally had it coming but then she's like okay i gotta go meet the prince tell him who i am she can't do it and meanwhile the queen is having tea with the baroness and marguerite and the baroness is like oh i know this contest you're looking for she's she she's leaving today she's marrying a belgian Throwing the prince into heartbreak, but this is like when they go to the ruined palace. I I think this might be my favorite dress on her. Ooh. Is the red velvet? Yeah, I mean it's a great color on her. It's a great color. The fit is great. Like the snood for some reason, like it really complements the dress she's wearing. I think it's a really beautiful piece that doesn't really get used. Yeah, she looks stunning. And, you know, the neckline is perfect. I love the white poking out of the sleeves, too. Like, this combination of red and white works so well together. She just looks beautiful. And the light hits her just perfectly in the palace. She's glowing, even though she's, like, sad. It's just, it all works great. It works great. But she's, like, real fast got to run away. Because she's, like, ugh. (laughs) But this scene... Where the queen is having tea with them. I was like, this is a moment when costume just makes something so funny. When Marguerite has her little fit and she's like 
throwing her dress around. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I was so shocked by this. I was like, Marguerite, keep it together. You're so, 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 so close. And yet she threw like a little fit. I'm like, oh, come on. It's over now. Right? And I'm just like, clearly there was no B. Like, <laughs> you just had a little hissy fit. And I'm like, didn't the queen... I'm like, I'm starting to see where Henry gets it. Like, the queen did not put two and two together that they weren't happy about telling like. <laughs> <laughs> the apple doesn't far, far, far I can't even say it. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> but uh, Marguerite's giving me Cersei vibes right now. No wonder she's your favorite. So I didn't say she's my favorite. You were saying <laughs> this is like your favorite close. costume. It's a good costume. All it right, is a maybe good you're costume. Right. <laughs> I knew it. You love a mean blonde. <laughs> Oh my god. No, you did not just say that. <laughs> that knife was way too deep, Elizabeth. <laughs> Ow. Ouch. Ow, my back hurts. Oh my god. Ow. I'm very sorry, Spencer. I didn't mean to hurt you like that. Wow, it's okay. Anyways, <laughs> can we change this topic? <laughs> Trauma. So the Baroness locks, locks up Danielle so she can't go to the ball and fall in love with the prince. So the servants send Gustav to get Da Vinci, who frees Danielle and gets her ready for the ball. <laughs> uh okay yeah let's get to the ball uh i'm loving all the costumes just even outside of the ball um it just looks so nice everyone looks nice there are great masks um i also love this this guy gustav comes up to who he thinks is da vinci right. <laughs> <laughs> like he ha definitely has like a da vinci look about him but like <laughs> clearly that's not da vinci <laughs> yeah even i was like that's not da vinci he doesn't have the da vinci beard uh, might I say, Gustav looks good, too, in this scene. It's about time. I don't know how that outfit fit him, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, not to point something out, but I don't think <laughs> the costume works on both characters, but whatever. <laughs> no, they seem to be different sizes, but you know what? That's one of those things we're just going to skip over. I gotta go. <laughs> I think my favorite costume here is Jacqueline's horse costume. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Except I was so uncomfortable when she was making horse noises with the other guy. <laughs> that was a little uncomfortable, but it was also, it's a nice little meet cute. Like, clearly they were both abandoned at this ball. No one's looking at them. And they were like, oh, someone else who likes a horse. Okay, <laughs> let's make this work. <laughs> My favorite costume has to be stepmother baroness angelica houston's look with the horns she looks like the devil and i love it right like they don't like play it up or anything but it's like she's not she's nothing in particular she's the devil that's what she is she's the devil <laughs> like marguerite's a peacock because that's exactly what marguerite is yes and she's the devil 
like. And I guess Jacqueline's a horse. Really? <laughs> is that what? Is that what the stepmother decided? That's fucked up. Right? She's so mean to her daughter. So mean. Oh man. But none of this matters because right before the king announces Henry's engagement, Danielle walks into the ballroom. Oh, yeah. This is some good, good stuff. Looking stunning. So I was able to get information about this dress from EverAfterCostume.com. All right. Let's hear it. The creator of this website was emailed by a woman called Jane Law, who actually created the breathe dress is what it's referred to as. She is a very accomplished seamstress, cutter, and patterner. And she had never worked with Jenny Bevan before, but she was referred to, uh, one of Jenny Bevan's assistants referred her for this film because they needed some extra costumes for Angelica Houston. So... Jenny Bevan, she called Law and while she was on vacation in Florida and was like, hey, can you like fit Angelica Houston for two gowns real quick? Uh, We start filming in France in two weeks. And Jane Law was like, yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And it's so funny because Jane Law, she's from England and she's like, well, I'm in the States anyway. I guess I'll go. go for a fitting with angelica houston and like she didn't even have a her and jenny bevan like they go to this fitting and they didn't even have a tape measure they had to go buy one oh come on (laughs) like they were not prepared but she gets two of angelica's beautiful gowns finished and on set and jenny bevan's like hey could you go talk to drew barrymore for a second and in her email to everafterCostume.com, Jane Law said she, Jenny Bevan, had already created the special dress for her. Drew was very sweet about it, but she just felt that it wasn't special enough. It wasn't wasted. She wears it elsewhere in the film. So this was not supposed to be the dress she wore to the ball. Oh, there's another dress. I wonder what it was. A lot of people think it's the blue dress she wears to the library with him. Mm. But I love a conspiracy, a costume conspiracy. Is this our first one? I think Ooh. so. <laughs> yeah. It's not confirmed which one it is, but okay, well, people believe it is the blue library dress. Do you see how I just perked up? I was like, conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> but like she said... Drew Barrymore was very sweet about it, but she's like, this is not special enough for this, like, big moment. And I gotta say, none of the dresses she wears before this are, like, I agree. None of them would have been as impactful in this moment as this gorgeous piece is. Like, look at all this detail. It's stunning. I mean, there's so much to it. My eye doesn't even know where to look because it's just all brilliant. There... There's pearls, there's little seed beads, there's a lot of this is like antique fabric, it's silk, and like some of the fabric had like metal threads in it, and it's just like gorgeous piece after gorgeous piece. It's, I love like the drape of it too, and like the like such detailed pleating in it, it's just, oh, it's so good. 
Oh yeah, it's like it's it's very like it's a very slender dress, but it still manages with all that pleating to have so much fabric in it. And it's one of those things. It's like it doesn't it doesn't look super detailed, and then you start to look at it, and it's like, oh my gosh, like it's covered in like embroidery and little little pearl accents. Like it's insanely gorgeous. It's it's a museum piece. It's stunning. It is. And the shoes. The glass slippers. What we all know Cinderella for. Uh, Jane Law said, A few figures give an idea of the work involved to produce the slipper. All strictly hand-done by Ferragamo Florentine craftsmen. 50 hours of labor. 200 silver pearls. 1,000 tiny glass beads and meters and meters of silver thread. The upper was woven and embroidered by the expert hand of a haute couture embroiderer. Wow. I mean, that is so much detail into, like, two little slippers. Yeah, and it's, like, they're definitely, like, a story point. Like, it's not how he finds her, but it's kind of, like... They have to be perfect. They have to be perfect. It's the memento he keeps of her... Clearly, it, these shoes made it through even the French Revolution for her <laughs> great, 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 great granddaughter to still have one of them. <laughs> but it's like the glass heel and just like the work, like a haute couture embroiderer, like for a pair of shoes. Okay. It's it's insane. I've, I just can't even imagine. This would take forever. I mean, they said 50 hours of labor. I just can't even imagine. Another interesting part of her costume is the makeup because it's a mass ball, but she doesn't have a mask. She has this beautiful, subtle, glittery makeup. And Kim Green, who was Drew Barrymore's makeup artist on the film, she actually has a tutorial of how she did it online. And she kind of talks through the process of how they got to this look. And After Kim was brought onto the film, they made a change to the script where they were going to have Da Vinci paint on Danielle's mask for the ball. And this made Kim just like freak out because she was (laughs) like, I am not Leonardo Da Vinci. (laughs) Like, this is not my skill set. I don't know what you want me to do. She she says in the video, she was like, I was ready to tell Drew I'm going to hop on a plane and go back home. Because she was like, I no, like, I don't want to do this. But Drew, she was like, she calmed her down and they did some tests. Um, Drew Barrymore, she really wanted a butterfly mask. But the studio said no. You can see, like, the test um, they did on the side, which I'm kind of like, I can see why they said no. Yeah, it looked messy. It looks a little messy, but they had two different reasons. First, they were like, Da Vinci never drew or painted butterflies. <laughs> so no nerds. on that right <laughs> nerds nerds at the studio so they were like no no to the butterfly and second they were like we can't see her face she's the star of our movie we want to be able to see her face so a more subtle approach was decided on that is inspired by a butterfly So we get this very beautiful, subtle makeup over her eyes and forehead. And also, you can't really, you can kind of tell in the scene, but it's not really something you think about. She doesn't have any lipstick on in this scene. Right. 
I didn't notice it. Yeah. Because they were like, where was she going to get lipstick? So they were like, <laughs> nope, she's not wearing any. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, it looked beautiful without it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the <laughs> the work that goes into this look when she does it in her tutorial. I'm like, that's a lot of work for something that is very subtle. Like, it's the amount of work that goes into things that you think are, like, so, like, delicate and subtle in these movies is insane. But at the ball, the Baroness embarrasses her and... She literally clips her wings, which I thought was such a great symbolic moment. Yes. She reveals Danielle's identity and just embarrasses her and Henry in front of everybody. And Danielle's like, okay, whatever. Like, I I guess that's over. I'm just going to work and live and hope <laughs> to have a good life. But the Baroness is like, well, he still might marry Marguerite. So in exchange for everything she had sold to Pierre Le Pew, she gives him Danielle. Oh, so sweet. Right? (laughs) I was like, the Baroness is so evil because she keeps like blaming all these missing objects on like on the servants and like garnishing their wages. And it's like. You were selling them and then, like, getting double money for them? What is wrong with you? Right. I was so confused by that. Even I didn't see that coming. Uh, Yeah, but now we have Pierre Le Pew showing up and he looks so evil and is all black. (laughs) I don't like this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. His, His twirled mustache. I'm just like, sir, not Silver Lake. Like... I don't know what you're doing here. Oh, But then we get to one of the best scenes in the entire movie when Henry is about to marry the Spanish Infanta and realizes he can't marry her and leaves to go save Danielle. Right. I just... Uh, this is when I was, I think I texted you and I was like, oh, this movie is so dark. Like <laughs> The fact that this film was like totally like, oh, women are properly in this film. <laughs> it was just so disturbing. But yeah, that's, mean, how that's how it was. It was. Like, <laughs> Although this is a dark Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's great because we have the two, the two sets of kings and queens, which I'm like surprised the Spanish king and queen even came. Because most times princesses just got like shipped off and like that was that. (laughs) They would like Amazon Prime a princess over to France. Basically, yeah. (laughs) I loved the Spanish king and queen though because I loved the colors of their garbs because that to me was like very Spain. Mm -hmm. I could totally see it. The like blackish gold in it. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, with like that charcoaly gray color. It's really good. The king and queen, who have been at 100 this whole time, turn it up to like 110 (laughs) with their um, wedding outfits. I love the queen's, um, the white, I guess, shawl she has with the the fleur-de-lis embroidered on it. Very beautiful. Very like, yeah, I'm the queen of France. And then again, everybody else in this in this scene is looking great. I love all the different kinds of bishops 
and how Marguerite and the Baroness act like they're in mourning at this wedding. I know. <laughs> the Baroness is wearing, they both are wearing like black veils. <laughs> so dramatic. So dramatic. And I love, I love um, Jacqueline's black hat. Because they clearly wanted her to wear, like, a veil, too. And she probably just refused to do it. <laughs> and was like, I'll wear a hat. Okay. Yeah, she was like, this is stupid. <laughs> but the best costume of this scene has to go to the Spanish Infanta. This actress. Oh, my gosh. She nailed it. It was so good. And just that costume... I was like, wow, I loved, loved the trains on both of their costumes. I know the capes they're wearing, like it, they're a million mile, miles long, first off. And then they're just filled with detail. Even her veil has these like little gold stars on it. And the head, the crown she basically wears. I'm like, oh, this is definitely Spain that just like went and concert conquered mexico like oh man that is stolen (laughs) oh no not again uh yeah but just it still was all so stunning though and even the prince looks good who i haven't been a big fan of but his costume was killing it in this moment yeah the the red and gold i'm like this is the best he's looked this entire time like clearly his mother dressed him um, he looks great in a red flag red. It's just glowing. <laughs> yeah. It tells you exactly who he is. A red flag. <laughs> <laughs> red flag. Um, but just like this whole scene and like as you watch the costumes like go slowly down and down and just like wrinkle around the two of them. I'm just like this could not get any funnier till you see the man she is pining for. <laughs> right (laughs) what's happening here he had a nice little like robe though it was like just in case he did get married you know (laughs) yeah it's this like beautiful black with this like rich gold embroidery and it's like clearly he's like some sort of noble for him to be there in the first place right and she just runs over to him like this is an actual option but you do get to see um her gown which is has the red, which I'm like, okay, that makes sense because she's wearing red because clearly that's what they've decided France's colors are. And then that like gold, that like orangey gold, which I feel like just like really makes her like glow and pop in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to Maurice because the prince is like, where's Danielle? Or Nicole, Nicole, wait, no, Danielle. Because <laughs> um, he keeps forgetting what her name is uh and maurice is like um she was sold and he he acts like this is like some impossible situation that she should be sold to somebody and it's like dude do you not live in this time too he's like suddenly all disturbed even though he just a couple days ago or months ago like had a full freak out red flag moment and like embarrassed her in front of the entire kingdom but whatever whatever (laughs) I love the storyboards for Maurice, though. Like, very just, like, this very, like, dignified painting alongside these, like, illustrations of someone who's just, like, haggard and beat down by life. And it's, like, at this point, he's a combination of those two. Right. (laughs) It's so good. He's, like, like you said earlier, they're going into town, so they have to look, like, presentable. 
but they're not nice. They're just, they're durable. Yes. Uh, well, Henry's on her, his way to save Danielle. She is busy saving herself because she is not going to put up with Pierre Le Pew's disgustingness. Right. If she was a swordsman, why didn't she help the prince back when they were being attacked by the robbers? She clearly knows she, her way around a sword. I don't think she had a sword. Oh, someone should have tossed her one. Someone should have tossed her one. But remember, <laughs> in this movie, women are property and don't know how to do anything oh, to the rest man. of the world. Well, I'm so glad that she got away from Pierre because that guy sucks. I know. And I love how he's like, I want to marry you. But he, like, won't even treat her well. It's like, maybe if you treated her well, like, she would marry you. Like, maybe give her some new clothes. Like... I know. She's wearing that dumpy outfit from earlier. Oh, man. Yeah. And she doesn't even have her cool sleeves anymore. Like... Oh, man. She's deflated. (gasps) Symbolic reference. (laughs) She is. She's deflated. But it doesn't matter because she doesn't need the prince to save her. She has saved herself. But the Baroness, unaware of Danielle and Henry's marriage, gets a summons to the castle, which they think it's all about Marguerite possibly marrying the, the prince. But she is summoned to the palace to answer for her behavior. Oh, yeah. And she does. But she answers, though, in a really great costume, though. <laughs> like, they showed up. She was wearing white on her head, which she, likes never done. Like, oh, so good. Because I love how the palace guard is like, you should come in style. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is clearly the wrong way to present herself. <laughs> Let's talk about Danielle's costume, though, for a second. She looked good. Oh, my goodness. She did. The glow up. Oh, wait, here are some some pictures of the Baroness's outfit. Ooh, yeah, that's, look that's at some that. good look stuff. At the, look at the slashing in those sleeves. Oh, man, the sla- that is just... Slashing and puffing, that's what it's called. Mm. My education just came back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with the slashing and puffing. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, but they really went all in on this last dress for the Baroness. Like it's a museum piece. The it's it is a museum piece. The brocade, the velvet, the lame, just like these like cape sleeves she has. Incredible. Also in this scene, we get a good look at Jacqueline, who again just very Renaissance inspired. Um, as you can see in her storyboard, like Jenny Bevan's research was like spot on. And it was even more spot on for Danielle's final look, where she is now royalty and ranks above the Baroness. Uh, the colors that Danielle chose, she like never wears these colors. And then suddenly it just like appears like she was just like born for this moment. Like she is a royal that everyone was saying that she couldn't and she so clearly can. I love the red on her. Mm-hmm. And I love the inspiration Jenny Bevan took for this look. Um, it's inspired by um, the visitation by Domenico Gernaldi. I'm sorry to any history buff who says I'm saying that wrong. Uh, but it was painted between 1486 and 1490. And it's like almost look for look, <laughs> the painting. It's so good. 
It's so good. And I especially love this costume because it's kind of like two costumes in one. Like this is her like official I am at the court taking care of business look. But then in the final scene when she is presented with her wedding gift from Da Vinci, which is one of his famous, um, I, I believe it's an unfinished painting of his. I forget the name of it. Um, but in that scene, she is she's wearing the same thing, just minus this like overdress. It's just the red velvet with the you'll notice the necklace she's wearing is the same one Marguerite was given to give to the queen. Ooh, I didn't notice that. The family, it's the family heirloom that was very precious. So that is ever they live happily ever after. Such a great film. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. I turned around by the end of it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it takes, it does take a second to get into, but once, once you're into it, it's like, you're there. Right. <laughs> I mean, I still feel like Danielle married a red flag. I just don't, <laughs> <laughs> she, he really broke my trust by the end of it. But you know, if they were, if they lived happily ever after, then I'm happy for them. I, they did live happily ever after, I'm sure. But you know what I'm interested in? Which costume ruled them all in this movie? Oh, man. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Let's do it. The one costume to rule them all. Okay, Elizabeth, do you want to know my choice? I do want to know your choice, Spencer. Um, this one was easy for me. It has to be the black and gold costume that the Baroness wears when she first meets the prince. At first, I thought my one costume ruled them all was the very first costume we saw her in when she came out of the carriage. I wrote it down. I was like, okay, that's a costume. I was only five minutes into the film. And then this one came up. I was like, no, actually, that's it. I just love it. I love the headpiece. I love the the puffing of the sleeves, the gold on it. Oh, she just looks like a beautiful portrait. I just want to keep this forever. I will agree. This is a great one. It sh- shows the Baroness as she truly is, which is evil. <laughs> evil. It's so Angelica Houston, too. Like, if Angelica yes. Houston were to live in, like, the Renaissance, this is what she would wear. Yeah, it really is. But I got to disagree with you. My choice is, of course... The breathe dress. Oh, yeah. I mean, that screams Elizabeth. Danielle's <laughs> beautiful gown that she wears to the ball. Not just because it's gorgeous. A lot of work went into it. But it's such a story point in the entire thing. Yeah, I loved it. And I actually thought it was going to be the end of the movie. Like, I thought they were going to get together at that part. And that would be it. But then when uh, the evil stepmother rips the the wink off of it i just thought that was so cool like symbolically so i I definitely love this dress yeah it's just like from the very first moment you see it being pulled out of the trunk it's like oh like that's the dress and it's just like (laughs) the fighting over it like what it means to danielle like the history of the dress and just how it makes her look in those those moments at the ball it's like ooh. That this is what the movie was working up to. So good. As soon as they pulled out of that trunk, I was like, oh, that's the dress, just like you said. And I was so excited. I, you know, I love that it wasn't like typical Cinderella, you know, that we, with the huge, huge skirt. Like, I, yeah. this was way more simple, but way more detailed, which made it beautiful. 
Absolutely. But everybody, you let us know which look ruled this film. Spencer, I had a great time with this movie. How about you? Me too. I loved it. Fairy tale romance. We're really doing it. <laughs> we are really doing it. And we're just going to keep doing it, Spencer. Do you want to know what we're watching next week? I do. Is Angelica Houston in it? No. Oh. But our favorite elf is in it. Next week, we are watching Carnival Row, starring Orlando Bloom. Ooh. <laughs> okay, I'm interested. I am so excited. I really, I went into this show not expecting very much out of it, and I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I have yet to see it, so I'm really excited. Uh does Orlando Bloom have a bow in this show? No. 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 <laughs> okay, well, I'm excited anyway. Excited. Carla Delevingne's in it. She's great. This was the thing that made me realize she actually could act. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show, everybody. Go watch it before next week's episode. And if you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star text review and a follow wherever you are listening to us. We would really appreciate it. Spencer, have a great week. Oh, I will. And if you leave us a five-star review, you'll probably live happily ever after, just like Danielle. So consider it. We can't make those kind of guarantees, but you never know what life will bring. <laughs> so everybody, set out to have an happily ever after week. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. All right. All right. You ready? Let's do it. Are you sharing slides today? I for can this share one? This. Yes. I could do fellowship all right sounds good here let me share my screen. sounds good host has disabled participation screen sharing spencer <laughs> how could this have happened 